This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. Over the last several months, I have been going over the mountains in the Bible. We started with Ararat. There's about two months of lessons on that. Went to Moriah. Well, that, of course, that's well, probably most of the fighting's over today, over there. So much more happened on Moriah <clears throat> that uh, I'm not going to have time to repeat on it, but you had on Moriah, this is where Abraham offered Isaac, where David bought the threshing floor and where the, the first temple and the second temple were built and we're waiting for the third one to be built right there where that threshing floor was. We've had lessons on that. And uh, it's, it's amazing when you look at history and see what's happening in this country now, not in this country, not just the world, this country, how far or how close we are to seeing Jesus. I mean, if you're in here and you're 50 years old or older, you're real close. I mean, I just got a got word yesterday. A fellow 66 years old, I worked with him 30-some years, and uh, side by side every single day of my life almost, other than a day here, a day there off, passed away. And... You know, you look at somebody like that and you look at their lives and the history of it was never, never negative toward about the gospel, although I shared it with him many times, but he was never positive about it. You know, got in on all the filthy jokes and, and, and all, but it was never negative. Always listened. And I'm not a, a Bible scholar, but I took pride in it whenever there was a question that came up biblically in 30 some years. And then to get people to talk about the Bible and the plant, among all these ungodly men, is really something. They have always, I've always kept my Bible on the break table, and when I ate lunch, I didn't eat lunch. I still don't eat lunch. I studied. And so whenever a question came up, or, or they call it a debate, they would always say, let's go gas Danny. You know, that's nothing put on me, but I just took pride in that. I guarded every single word around these people. Not one person in that plant ever heard me say one curse word. Not one. 30-some years. Well, I say, first two years was rough. <laughs> when I was at 18 years old, I may say a few then. But after I met my wife and, my, and, and I got serious about the Lord, things changed. But that's not on the lesson this morning. I'm just saying how short life is. It's gone, here and gone. And when it's all said and done, we've taught on this. All we are is a name that's going to be chiseled in the stone somewhere in a, tomb, in a, in a graveyard. And all of our, everything we care about, did, said, all our memories, everything will be buried and it's just a name chiseled on a tombstone and nobody will ever know a thing about us, ever. Nothing. And uh, so what we do with the time we have here now is, is, is critical. Um, we're going to cover a few things and get, I'm going to repeat a little bit to catch us up to speed with, with what I want to talk about today, where we are in the lesson. We're talking about Okay, let me back up a little bit more. We, we went to Sinai. And Sinai was Horeb. At first, they called it the first time Horeb. That's where Moses saw the burning bush and got his command to go deliver the Hebrews from the Egyptians. When they, when they had their exodus, they came to Horeb. It was then called Sinai, same mountain. Different places in Scripture call it different things. 
That's where Moses got the Ten Commandments. But the entire law. And he was also instructed how to build the altar, Ark of the Covenant there. And he built that. He was also instructed how to build the tabernacle, the elements of worship, how it was built. And it was no small thing as they approached their holidays. It took them close to a month, six weeks, just to erect it. So as they approached their holidays and once they exited out and they traveled around 40 years, as they came up closer to Passover, they would erect the tabernacle. And I showed pictures of this before, how a big pillar of fire would guide them at night and a big pillar of cloud would guide them through the day. And as the, they would just travel, 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 40 years, when the pillars would stop, they would erect the tabernacle. And so we're not going to get into the tabernacle worship this morning, but that, that was all part of that. Anyway, a whole lot went on in Moriah. And his, and, uh, I mean, Sinai. Well, right now we've approached what we're still, we'll still finish up today. Hopefully I'll finish up on Mount Ebal and Gerizim. Gerizim is how it's actually pronounced, but I call it Gerizim. That's how it's spelled. And let's start, let me find my, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 29. When Moses was leading these Hebrews traveling around 40 years, God told him, when you come into the promised land, coming into the West Bank there, I don't have the pictures to show you right now. It's not Gaza. It's on the other side of Jordan. When you come into the promised land that I give you, this is after Jericho. This is after I give you this land to possess it. I want you to take six of your men out of the tribes of Israel on Ebal and six of them on Gerizim. And I want you to curse Ebal and bless Gerizim. And here we'll see that in a couple of different scriptures here. This will make a whole lot more sense here in just a minute because this is, this is a really, really good study if you follow me. Chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, verse 29. And it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land where thou goest to possess it, thou shalt put a blessing on Mount Gerizim and a curse on Ebal. Okay. Let's go to Deuteronomy 27. We'll flip through a whole lot of scriptures here and then we'll uh, get going with the lesson. Deuteronomy chapter 27. I'll go slow at first, but I'm telling you, I'm going to wind it down here, wind it up here in a minute. Okay, I'm going to read a few verses here out of uh, chapter 27. And Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day, and it shall be in the day when ye shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. See, God, by covenant with Abraham, gave them the holy land. Gave it to them. It's theirs. And the borders are spelled out. That thou shalt set up great stones and plaster them with plaster. We're going to cover that here in just a little while. And thou shalt write upon them the words of the law when thou pass, when thou art passed over that thou mayest go into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Let's skip down to nine. And Moses and the priest, the Levites, spake unto Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel, 
This day thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do the commandments of his statutes, which I command thee this day. And Moses charged the people the same day saying, now see, Moses is telling them what to do, but Moses was not allowed to enter in. He's telling them and giving them instructions. Look, it hasn't quite happened yet, but he struck the rock and God said, you can't go in. Aaron was with that and Aaron couldn't go in. So I'm not going to back up and go that far. But Moses is telling, he's getting ready to pass the torch to Joshua and that's where we're going to head. He says, when you go in, this is what God said to do. It's not what I said to do. This is what God said to do. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you come over Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. Those six tribes are going to put the blessing on Gerizim. Now this is actually, incidentally, where, where the Samaritans set up camp. Because they built this altar there, they erected their temple. This is the conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans is because that's where they think that the Lord has commanded that, that's temple to them. I'm not going to go. We've already taught on that. Verse 13. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse, to curse it. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Nephtali. And I'm not going to go through all these curses because that would be, be in a whole different lesson. So now, as we are, we're going to skip backwards before we reach this point here. Last week, last time I talked, we were talking about crossing over Jordan. And so before we get to Ebal, there's a whole lot of stuff that I want, that I studied here that we're going to cover. Let's go to Joshua chapter 5 real quick. Let me, let me, let me back up one verse here and uh, you don't have to turn here. I'm just going to read it. Genesis chapter 32. Israel didn't just become Israel just because it's a, it was a country. There was, a, there, was, there was something behind that. Okay, verse. let's go to, let me read this. Genesis chapter 32, verse 27. And he said in him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, this is God talking to Jacob. Thy, 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 thy name shall no be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as the prince, as a prince, thou hast power with God, with men, and with men hath prevailed. So Israel became Israel from Jacob. And so now we'll go back up to where we were. All right, Joshua chapter 5. I'm going to start here in 5, and then I'm going to, this, this is going to get really good here in a minute. Okay, chapter 5. Okay, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the kings and the Amorites were on the other side, on the side of Jordan westward, all the kings of the Canaanites which were by the sea, which the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan. I'm going to back up there and cover a whole lot more to that, but this is, but I needed to cover it to show you where we are in, in, when I do back up. Their heart melted, neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. They had heard, the rumors had come around that the Lord had dried up another river, that the Lord had, had, had defeated all these armies. At that time, verse 2, 
said that Joshua maketh thee a sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. He didn't recircumcise those that are circumcised. What he's saying is you go through the nation, these people are coming into the promised land. This is my covenant with Abraham. You're going to be circumcised. All the people that came out of Egypt were males that were all men of war, died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. So a whole generation, you're talking about close to 2 million people. All the men of war through the 40 years, they had kind of passed on and a new generation came up which were not circumcised. God let them wander and wander and wander and wander and wander. And we're going to show you scripture because of murmuring and complaining. I can't imagine. We're going to cover some scripture here in a minute. It just blows my mind. These, these Hebrews saw a sea part. They saw frogs invade a kingdom. They saw a death angel come over and kill all these first. They, they saw all these miracles that were impossible unless something supernatural took them. And yet they did nothing but murmur and complain. Murmur and complain the entire time. So they were stymied in the wilderness traveling 40 years until they all died off. God says, you're not going to, it's just not going to work for you. We'll cover this. I paraphrase a lot when I teach. Now all the people, verse 5, now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which were come out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. Unto whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give this a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay. I'm going to come back to that because once that happened, let me, let me keep going because this is important too because we're going to hit Passover. Every single time God moved in a, in a miraculous way, he was one of their... This was Passover. They're approaching Passover. They're erecting a tabernacle. And, uh, and you gotta figure, no, I'm not 40. Just the veil of that temple, 30 foot long, 30 foot high, four inches thick. They put horses on each corner and tried to rend it in half. Just to erect the weight of that. And, and the, the, the new temple, it was 60 foot. When they built the temple, this was tabernacle. Let's see this. And it came to pass, verse 8, when the pe- when, it, when they had done circumcising all the people and they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. That means they were all healed up. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Wherefore the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month even at the plains of Jericho. So what they did is they, what, they, what they've done, okay, they're all healing. There was no more pain. There was no more bleeding. Okay, they erected the tabernacle and they kept the Lord's Passover. Okay, now we're going to back up some here. And this is where I'm, I really enjoy this part right here. And we're going to get into it. Okay, this is once, okay, verse 1 of Joshua. Chapter 1 of Joshua 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. 
Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Arise and go over the Jordan. Okay, he's telling him to be strong, be courageous. And you can imagine how Joshua felt hearing the voice of God. Just hearing it. I mean, he had no doubt. He didn't have doubt before, but when God charged him, I'm telling you, that, that changed this man. Okay, then they went in, they sent the spies in. We're not going to cover the Rahab uh, story because we're going to skip ahead to the passage of Jordan. Here they are. They're getting ready to cross Jordan. That was last time we are going to catch up to where we are. The, the unseen captain. You know, I think that's one thing. Let me find where, where I'm at with this. Oh, I don't know. Murmuring and complaining. You got us figured now. Well, now we've got a whole generation of people, all these 15, a million and a half, two million Jews had not seen these miracles. They didn't see the Red Sea party. Maybe some of the women did, but the God said, God said in the Bible that, that most of those had passed on. Here they are. Doesn't really understand and know the power of God yet. So God is fixing to say, okay, you're going to go in. You're going to destroy some of these enemies. And when you get in, so you need to believe. See, we believe by faith that, that Jesus died because he did. These people had nothing but what Joshua taking up the, taking up the, the, the reign of Moses. God's going to lead us. Oh yeah. So these people had to see, they had, they had to see the miracle. If they were going to have faith. And see, one thing about it, we're going to cover this in a minute. These people in the wilderness that traveled 40 years, 40 years old, all this, murmured and complained. Murmuring in a Christian's life is repeated voicing of dissatisfaction over a situation that God has placed you in. Just murmuring, complaining. I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we're doing that. Complain, complain, complain. That, to me, that is sin. And God calls it out as that. Murmuring, and complaining, he groups that in with fornication and adultery, and that's been First Corinthians. I'm not. No, let's go. I don't want to say nothing. I don't have scripture back. Let's go. I think it's again. Just came to my mind. Let's look at some of this right. First Corinthians. I think it's chapter ten. Hold on. I'll bounce back in a minute. I promise you. First Corinthians chapter ten. Yeah, verse one. Moreover, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized in Moses in a cloud and in the sea. And he did eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. You see this for what? These things were our, they were for our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Neither be idolaters as, as some of them as it is written. The people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Let, let, let us commit fornication as some committed and fell in a day. 23 and 20,000. 23,000 people for murmuring and complaining. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured 
and were destroyed of the destroyer. God turned them over for the destruction. So murmuring and complaining, and we, it goes on today, not just this church, but church overall. Murmuring and complaining is a great sin in God's eyes because what it does, it destroys your faith. I mean, if God has allowed you to be right here, why are you putting me here, Lord? God has allowed it. For us to murmur and complain about that, that's destroying our faith. We don't let no, no longer turn our lives over and let him have it and say, hey, I'm here because you put me here. Lord, lead me. I'm here because you, I'm here, there, this happened. I got a flat tire. I got a busted this, a busted that. You know, all this stuff is going wrong. But you know what? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yes, I, yet will I trust in him. Okay. It doesn't matter what's placed on your plate. Murmuring and complaining will destroy your faith completely because it takes your eyes on things instead of Him. All right, let's go with this. All right, let's see. Okay, now the passage of Jordan. We're going to jump ahead. Chapter 3 of Joshua. Joshua rose up early in the morning and they they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. All the congregation of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass three days that the officers went through the host and, and host and the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and follow it. Go after it. You follow that ark. You follow that, you follow that hand of God. You follow it. That's all you gotta do is you follow. The Lord will fight the battles. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near it, that ye may know the way by which you must go. For if you have not passed this way before, look, you're going into your holy land. If you get up too close, it's bad news for you. Just stay back and just follow. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourself. And that should be a cry for every single Christian before we approach God, before we come to Him for any petition, for anything, clean ourselves up. Like Pastor T- teaches sometimes, sometimes people come in there jingling chains and ch- popping, chewing gum and, and they want to get right with God. You know, God's looking at the heart. Is this man truly repentant? Does this man really want to be saved? Does this man want to really want to lay this on the altar? Does, does he want to lay it on the altar because he's been caught? Does he want to, or, or is he all of a sudden realize, oh God, I'm such a sinful man. And, and come and, and lay things on the altar. Sanctify yourself. And God will move. He promises that. Sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Okay, and he's telling them what they're going to do. And Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant. Now, flipping ahead, we're heading to Ebal. We're heading, we're heading. This is, this is good. Let me get, I might not finish. And they took up the ark of the covenant, went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day I will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that that as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Thou shalt command the priest that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, 
When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Now, as a, I don't know if I'm going to get to it here or not, but this was the time of the harvest where the, where the flood, the overflowing of the river, the bank was flood and the water was running down and rushing down the river. And it was not no small thing. I remember as a kid, we had a flood one time and it was down in Swift Creek. And normally you could pretty much wade across most of it and, and most of the parts. But when we had a big rough flood one time, I mean, it was all the way up on both sides of the bank in people's backyards. And I mean, it was just scary to look at. I mean, we, we, me and my brother and a bunch of us went down there and we saw a bunch of barrels just flying down this river. And we, we had in our mind, we go jump in this river and we go jump in this creek and this flooded creek and go get these barrels. We're going to make us a raft. Remember the James River raft race years ago? <laughs> well, we're going to make us a raft. I jumped in that thing and got 20 yards out. And I won't go make it. I was going to drown. I was gone. My brother jumped in. Hung me on the branch. Water just hung me on the branch. He made it back. I caught my breath. He saved my life that day. But several other times through my history where this man has rescued me. I don't have time to give my personal testimony. But that could have been it for me. If he hadn't have been there, I would have drowned. I don't know if you, I know you do. You ain't forgot that. Because I don't see where you got the strength from. We could have both drowned. Okay. When ye has come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will be with you without fail, to drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites. The... Though all the worlds gather around you and try to destroy you, the Lord's going to fight them off. This is your land. I'm giving it to you. Though all the nations of the world come against you, I'll cut them into pieces. That's exactly right. I don't want to turn there right now. Okay. Let's go to verse 11. And behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord with, of the Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you. And take you twelve men out of the twelve tribes of Israel, one man, uh, every man, every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest upon the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off. Now see, this is no small thing. These people you're talking about these people, how are we going to cross this river? What are we going to do now? Oh, we'll never make it. Oh, it was... So the Lord, these people hadn't seen God's power. It's one thing to see God's power and then start complaining and murmuring. But when you see something that these people, I don't know about you, but if I would walk up and say, and our pastor would sit there and he took a rod and he struck it and Swift Creek dried up and it was growling both rails, I'd believe in him. Not that he, he had power, but that God was resting on him. This was so these people, this whole nation, the whole Hebrew nation, cattle, chickens, goats, pigs. No, maybe not pigs. <laughs> Excuse me, Lord. <laughs> I don't know why God don't care too much for pigs. But anyway, 
Let's go back to 13. This shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, that the Lord of all there shall rest upon the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that shall come down from above, and they shall stand up in the heat. Can you imagine what these people are looking at? Oh, Lord, I ain't saying nothing else against this man. And that's in the Old New Testament too. You don't talk about God's man. You just don't do it. I mean, I'd rather talk about y'all than him. I've been spanked too many times. We're brothers. I can talk about him, but not talk about him. <laughs> Not in a bad way. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan that the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people as they bear the ark were coming to Jordan at the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water for the Jordan, here it is, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks at the time of the harvest. It was flooding. And the waters which came down, came from above, from the mountains running down, rose up in a very big, in a heap, rose upon a heap very far from the city of Adam that is beside Zeratan, that it came down towards the sea of the plain even the salt sea failed and were cut off. And the, and the people passed right over against Jericho. And see, they're getting ready to put, put something on these people. On Jericho, not the Hebrews. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground and in the midst of Jordan and all the Israelites to pass over on dry ground till all the people were clean over. And the whole nation, animals, children, Babies, carriages, gold, silk, the entire nation were all the way across. And these 12 priests, these 12 men of God, were still standing there, doing what? Holding the ark. Okay. Then Joshua said unto them, verse, this is, uh, let's go back to verse 4. Joshua called the 12 men that he had prepared to the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. Joshua said unto them, Passover, before the ark out of the Lord, of the Lord, your God, into the midst of Jordan, take upon every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. That means it was a, it was a mini boulder to have to carry it on his shoulder. It wasn't just a pebble. The number of the tribes of children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that your children, when your children ask you, this, you have to excuse me. My Bible is really marked up, so I'm trying to read it. Then shall you answer the women, verse 6. This, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Now, I'm not sure if that's still there, but the Bible says they are. Okay. Now we're coming back up to what we already read because now they've crossed over. They're in Canaan. They're in the promised land. They've crossed over Jordan. Now, here they are where we were when we first started. He says, okay, now that you're in the promised land, 
circumcise all the men. Can you imagine these people now, their faith? Now now their faith. Okay. He rolled the reproach away. Okay, now. Let's go to chapter 5, verse 11. And they did eat of the whole corn of the land on tomorrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the same self day, and manna ceased. Manna was no longer. Now they had milk. Now they had for honey. Now they had... Now where this, they, they were gleaning the fields, I guess. Because they didn't plant it. It was already planted. They were taking possession of this land because God gave it to them. Neither did the children of Israel anymore. Israel... No, let me back up. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Okay. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. Here's where the title of the lesson comes from this morning, The Unseen Captain. I don't care where you are in life, what challenge you have in life, if you're prayed up, if your heart's right, if you're plugged in, you've got an unseen hand that's, it's, that's got a hedge on you. I'm talking about you're a tither, you're a worker. You're, you're, I mean, you might not be here. God doesn't say you got to be here every time the door's open, but I am. But he looks at the heart. Like my wife, she sometimes this time of year, she can't be here on the Sunday morning services because she's out at other churches doing events. She's out doing what we're doing here today. You know, but her heart is here. In fact, I ask you if the next time you see her, just tell her thank you because me and her are at five o'clock this morning loading trailers. You know, she's her heart is in the ministry. You know, a lot of people don't know. You know. I could do absolutely nothing that I do if it weren't for my wife. Nothing. I'm nothing. She is a big part of me. And, and her heart wants to be here, but this is what we do for a living. Okay. Verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. He's looking, oh Lord. This Jericho, the wall was around the entire city. Gonna get through there. I'm sure he didn't say it, but I'm sure he's looking at. All right, let's go. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Just one. Just one. Now that shows you God's power right there, right? God didn't need to see you send his host. He could have. He could have walked up to the the entire Jericho and did it without all this getting ready to happen. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went on him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord, See, the Lord sent the captain. He sent the captain. Didn't send, didn't need nobody else. So you go on down there and just show my strength. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship him and said to him, What saith the Lord, my Lord, unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host, didn't say the host was with him, 
the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose your shoe from off thy foot. The place where you're standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Okay. All right, I'm going to have to just skip this. I'm going to pick this up, and I'll definitely finish Ebal and uh, Gerizim next time, but I want to see this thing because we're getting back on complaining and murmuring and carrying on. When jo- I'm going to paraphrase until I get to the Scripture. The Lord told Joshua, said, I want you to encompass the city. Let's do it. Let's, do it. Let's read it. i got five minutes. Chapter 6. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. They were petrified. They shut the city up and boarded themselves in. None went in and none went out. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given it into thine hand. That's all Joshua needed to know. He didn't need to know nothing else. He'd just seen a whole river dry up and a million and a half people cross over. And the king thereof and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall encompass the city all ye men of war and shall go around this city once and you do it six days. Just walk around the city. And the main thing I want to show you here because it takes it took the perfect number seven and I'm finished with this right here because I'm going to have to go back because I'm going to want to get to something else. Two things. Verse six. Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said to him, take up the ark of the covenant let seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark and the people and said unto the people, pass on, follow that ark, compass the city. Let him that is armed pass on before, on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant followed them. The armed men went before the priest that blew with trumpets in reward and that in the rearward came after the ark. The priest going and blowing with the trumpets. Now when it says these people encamped, encompassed the city, can you imagine how many people that actually was? The Bible says it was like 800 men besides the women and children. I don't think the women were on the battlefield. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to that next time. And Joshua commanded. Here's where I wanted to talk about murmuring and complaining. Let this meat right here sink in. This right here is one is a strong spiritual truth to help you in your in your Christian life. This the entire lesson this morning is for this one verse right here. And Joshua said, commanded the people, saying. You shall not shout. You shall not make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout. Then you shout. You know why? While they're walking around, what are we doing this for? Why are we going to do this seven times? Oh my goodness, I can't believe that the Lord, that Joshua's having us walk around. I can't believe the pastor this. I can't believe the pastor that. I can't, I can't believe he's telling us to do this. And God would shut them down. He would deliver them in the hand. Of so Joshua said, look, I'm telling you, keep your mouth shut. There'll be a time to holler. There'll be a time to praise after the victory. Right now, let's take care of the master's business. Let's trust in that unseen captain. He's here. He's right there with us. I've seen him. People didn't see him. Joshua saw him. Joshua got the command. 
he said, neither any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I bid you. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and the priest took the ark. Skipping ahead, I got to finish. Anyway, I'm going to have to finish. But basically what happened on that last time around, they blew them horns, they blew them trumpets and they shouted and the walls came down and they massacred that city, passed through Jericho and now they're on the way. That was the only thing holding them back up to, to, to the entire boundaries of the Holy Land. And uh, so I finish with this one verse. Let's see. Zechariah. Chapter 12. Verse 2. This sums up where we are today. Let this sink in. Zechariah 12, 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a couple of trembling unto all people round about when they shall be in siege. And both against Judah and against Jerusalem. In that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut into pieces though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. These people don't know what they're playing with. This is an unseen hand that's guiding these Jews. This is the last thing I'll end on. I don't know if you know what the difference is in a whipping or a whooping. It's two things my dad told me, my, my brother and my sister, when we were coming up, he says, yeah, you can get your whipping and get your switch out there and let mama whip you. But if I ever hear you talk about somebody that's got a handicap, somebody that's handicapped, you're going to get a whooping. And if you ever talk about a Jew, you're going to get a whooping. And that was something that was gospel in our house. We did not do that. He didn't have to say that but one time because I'd had whoopings. And they won't good for me. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed and clean something out of it, but I'm going to finish and I'll finish up next time. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.